Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to Dropping In, a podcast of storytelling and interviews with your host, Winter Olympian, Mercedes Nickel. Thank you so much for dropping in on episode 17. Now, if you've been following along, this is a series that I chat with a diverse group of Whistler kids who grew up in our small Canadian mountain town. We have Olympians, business leaders, DJs, actors. A lot of talent has come out of our town of Whistler. Today, I chat with our seventh Whistler kid. Now, let me introduce episode 17's guest that I'll be... This Whistler kid had skis on at the age of two. She started ski racing at the age of 11, and at 16, she started ski cross. She attended the Vancouver 2010 ski cross events as a spectator. Then she made her World Cup debut in December 2010 in ski cross, becoming one of the world's biggest ski cross stars. She is a two-time Olympian and an Olympic gold medalist, and she recently took home the title of 2019 ski cross world champion. I'm happy to introduce this sister-daughter, friend, athlete, Olympic gold medalist, and Whistler kid, Marielle Thompson. Sweet. We get into it. Which we're about yeah, to. Yeah, the right? ten questions sound scary. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna start fire. start into the rapid fire, and I'm glad you haven't listened to any of them before, so you won't know what they're not really all the I'm same. Very question. fresh. Okay. <laughs> Number one, Whistler or Blackcomb? Are we starting now? We're going. Yeah, it's game on. Okay, Blackcomb. Oh, was your family a Blackcomb family? My my parents are Blackcomb because they did part-time instructing on Blackcomb. So I kind of grew up skiing more Blackcomb. But then when I was racing, I did more training on Whistler. So I really, I like both a lot. But if I was probably to pick one or the other, I'd go Blackcomb. The dark side. That's what my the family calls side. it. <laughs> yeah, that's what everyone calls it. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Number two, book or Netflix? I mean, I love a good book, but to kind of like go brainless and not do anything and not have to think too much, I go Netflix. Yeah, same here. And what would be the last Netflix show that you binge watched? Selling Sunset. Oh, that's the real estate one, isn't it? Yeah, the real estate one in LA. There's a lot of drama. (laughs) I haven't got hooked on that one yet. Okay, number three. It's worth it. It's worth it. Number three, how many workouts did you do today? Just one today so far. Just one and it's 4 p.m. I'm supposed to do a yoga class later. I'll do it in a little while. How long? I usually have softball actually on Thursdays, but now it's been canceled. Due to COVID. The time being. Yeah. I heard. I heard. Hopefully we can restart, but yeah. Do you play softball? Do you play softball every summer? 
Yeah, I have since I was 16. That's okay. like right when you can join the leagues okay. in Whistler. And my parents had a team for from basically then, well, many years before I could play um, until like basically this year, they didn't field a team, but yeah, it's a pretty long run. Well, what was the team? What was it called? Um, we're the Dreamers because my the- mom's um, property management accommodation is Golden Dreams Accommodation. So we're the Dreamers. Sweet. Nice. And you get to, like my brother and sister and my parents played. So it was really a family affair. I remember that. I remember seeing you all at the ball diamond. That's so I don't play because I can't commit. I have commitment issues. Because <laughs> it's every week. <laughs> it's only one night a week. It's really not that much. I know. I just didn't know if I would ever be here. Cause, like, um, aren't you normally like in the Southern Hemisphere training though? So how could you commit to softball? Well, it's from end of May until September. And I usually don't get to play in September. Copy that. So, but last year, actually, I, I played um, on two nights a week, which was a lot. It was a big commitment. Um, there you go. And my team I play on Thursday nights we won the whole league and playoffs so it's pretty exciting I oh weird before. super weird that you won something huh okay <laughs> it's hard it's high level recreational stuff what league are you in a a yeah a most of yeah, my friends are my in friends like d team. or e or f <laughs> yeah we played in a and b but it, I'm happy with one day a week it's more than enough very nice. Okay. On to rapid fire again. Sorry, we got sidetracked. Number four, what's the one what's okay. one what's one memory from your childhood in Whistler? One memory is spring skiing with my parents and my siblings just in the sun with our sunglasses in our helmets and just like ripping around in the slush. Yes. Enjoying it. And even now we still do that sometimes. It's a blast. I know. I really missed that this year. It'll come back. I know. Me too. It's my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Spring yeah. skiing. It's the best. It, it was funny. It was raining the other day and someone was like, man, this is awful weather. And I was like, actually, this is like the best weather to ride half pipe in. My, me and Mael would be like so jazzed when it was raining on the mountain and everything was soft. So it's kind of like springtime too. Nice and nice and soft. Yeah. Yeah. Way more forgiving. All right. Number five, how do you start your day? I start by getting myself out of bed mostly (laughs) and then just having breakfast as quickly as possible because I like to lollygag in the morning and not be too fast. And actually this summer um, with the COVID restrictions, I've had to kind of be on an earlier schedule. So there's less of us in there at a time. At the gym? I've been... At the gym at eight every oh, okay. day, which adds up when you're a bit of a night owl like me. Yeah. Nice. Nice. I would be the exact same. I'd be like, I'm going to make this, the smoothie the morning before so that I can really just stay in bed as long as possible <laughs> and then go to the gym. Num- yeah, that's me. I, I make a quick oatmeal and yogurt and then get on it. (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. Number six, what is your go-to on-hill snack? I like applesauce in those little packets and then lots of like cliff bar bars and gummies and stuff like that. Let's go back to that applesauce in packets. 
what kind of packets are you talking? And how do you fit that in like, your pocket? Like the baby food kind of one. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay, okay. I was thinking yeah. like the plastic cups with the lid that would just poke open. No, I had those when we were growing up in elementary school. I remember my mom packed those. But yeah. I think the applesauce is just like a quick little, little slurp up and then I can easily digest it and race. Yeah, those were my jam too. I love that. Okay, number seven. This is like a personal question for me because I don't know. Have you ever snowboarded? No, I have never snowboarded. Never. In theory, I feel like I could do it because I've watched (laughs) all of you guys so much that I like (laughs) kind of think I could figure it out, but I've never actually tried. I I do want to eventually. Later on, later on. Yeah. Save, Save your wrists and your butt for now. Yeah. Um, you already answered this, but are you a morning person or a night owl? I'm definitely a night owl, but I can be a morning person. When we have to ski race at like loading the lift at seven, I can do it. I just might want to keep to myself and just be in my own bubble. (laughs) And so night owl, what time do you normally go to bed or like actually close Uh, your eyes? Like probably between... 11 and midnight. Yeah, I'm the same. I feel like if I have, if my eyes are, it is a bad (laughs) habit. But if you're, if my eyes are closed by 11, then I'll have a good sleep. Past that, not so much. I have a good sleep. I just am not, for my 7 a.m. wake up, it's not enough sleep, probably. No, No, totally. Number nine, what summer sports do you do other than softball? I have taken up golf the past. Yes. This is my third season golfing. I'm getting a bit better. Almost breaking a hundred. Yes. <laughs> um, and then I'm mountain biking too. Oh yeah, I saw you. Did you do Lord of the Squirrels? Is that the one that goes up super high? Yeah. I have up not done that. Mount Sprout. Yesterday I did um, Dark Crystal. That means nothing to me. It's fun. It's good challenge. A good challenge. It's like the one. It starts from um, the bottom of Crystal Ridge Chair. But you have to get all the way up there. So you have to bike all the way up there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You are a black home girl. Spicy climb. <laughs> it's nice and close. You know, you true, true. I live right. We're practically <laughs> practically neighbors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, number ten. Last question of the rapid fire. That's never rapid, which I love. Yeah. <laughs> what What's the difference between a World Cup podium and a, and an Olympic podium? I think a lot more people watching. Okay. Like the racing is is equally intense. Like it's all the same people, but more people discovering ski cross and watching from home in Canada. And then the stakes are higher too because it's every four years. Yeah. But so annoying. You still have to race lots of heats to get there. So. Yes. Okay. You completed the rapid fire. Thank you. Yes. (laughs) So what I want to chat about is you grew up in Whistler and I'm just talking to all these different Whistler kids, a lot of, uh, a lot that aren't athletes because every like Whistler, so many Whistler kids have just become so successful. And I'm trying to get to the bottom of what it is that like is it in the water? Is it, is it our parents? Yeah, what is it say, that like, I'd say for me, it's parents, parents. I'm pretty sure you're good vibe. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure your dad got me through high school. I've heard that from 
<laughs> Lots of people, particularly Stan Ray, has said that a lot of times, like every time I see him. <laughs> so let's tell the listeners a little bit about um, your parents, if that's what you think kind of got you to be as successful as you are. Um, well, my parents, um, my dad is originally from Saskatchewan, mm-hmm. um, but came out West when he was young and didn't go back. <laughs> um, and then my parents or my mom is from Burnaby and she grew up coming to Whistler when she was a little kid. Um, and then they're both drawn to the active lifestyle, the environment, and I'm sure the community as well. Um, and then I was lucky enough to grow up here with them and they're great athletic role models, but great role models in general. My dad is a retired um, high school teacher. He ran the special education program at the Whistler, Whistler secondary school. And then my mom's in the accommodation sector. So I've seen all the different sides of Whistler. Yeah, you (laughs) have. Accommodation side and then um, all the locals as well. Yeah. I think it's that they like instilled really good values in both me and my two siblings. And I think that is a big part of me as a person. But then like we also have such a great community of people supporting us too. So I think that's a big part of it as well. Yeah. When I interviewed Stan, he was like, I mean, you're just going up the chairlift with one of your heroes and then they become your friends and that's just what's in Whistler. And Mm -hmm. it's so true that, I don't know, do we just grow up with like great people moving here and, and then that installs more passion in us to do better? But again, like looking at you and your family, your dad had like ties with all of the athletes that were at mm-hmm. high school. And, and that's why I say he got me through high school, whether he wants to admit <laughs> that or not. Um, he, like he was there to help with the ski program. And then your brother, he's on the Alpine national ski team. And then your sister, correct me if I'm wrong, figure skating. And she's, did she, is she with Disney on ice? Yeah, they're in a hiatus right now, but she mm-hmm. spent the last year touring with Disney on Ice as a cast member, which was really cool. We got to go watch her in Nashville, so that was fun. The cool – oh, I love Nashville. What – What? I totally left field. What uh, character is she? Um, she's – she plays a few different characters because her show was um, Toy Story, and she got to be, like, some of the toys. Um, okay. Little Mermaid, she was like a fish. Frozen, she was a townsperson. And what was the other one? Old Cars was the other part of the show, but she wasn't really, that was just like moving parts more than anything. So But yeah, cool. it was so cool. We were like the biggest fans of, of just every time she came out, because you can tell um, who she is, but okay. just from watching her skate our whole life. Yeah, whole yeah, life. yeah. So yeah, we were cheering loudly. And people probably thought we were crazy. <laughs> no, I would too. That is so cool. I, I mad respect to your sister because you guys both, did you grow up figure skating together in Whistler? Yeah, my brother too, actually. Was he a figure so, skater? Yeah, all three of us were. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, we, we all started skating probably when we we're two okay. or three around when we we're um, skiing as well. Mm-hmm. And then I think a lot of, my ski skill goes back to that figure skating as well. Like it, right, it really sure. correlates well. Good base of athletic knowledge. No, it's true. It's true. I, I don't know if you know, cause I'm almost 10 years older than you, but um, I was a figure skater 
too. You were too. There's so many of us. It's surprising. Everyone like that was part of it. It's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, I think it like, it really shows the opportunity that the parents let us do different things and different sports. And they were really literally in our backyard and, and you're, yeah. you're lucky you grew up with um, the sports Meadow Park sports center being there the whole time. Cause I was talking to Peter oh, yeah. Harvey and he was like, no, no, that wasn't really there. We had to like drive everywhere to play it's hockey. Squamish. Yeah. Back in yeah. the day. I was like, yeah. <laughs> okay. We're old. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm lucky. I benefited from so much infrastructure from just development of Whistler. And then also from the post 2010 Olympics. Exactly. Stuff. <laughs> like It's wild. So is there like, was it weird going like to elementary school and then high school here in high school? Were you traveling the whole time with skiing? I was actually very different than other people who were traveling, probably like you and mm -hmm. um, all the other more traditional ski racers, like the Alpine team. Um, I really liked school, so I didn't want to. <laughs> yes, I'm a nerd. I, I really enjoyed going to school um, and the whole social part of that. So I yeah. didn't like missing school very much. And ski cross hadn't really developed all that much in BC or in Canada really yet on a lower level. So we didn't have that many races. Like I'd be gone maybe a couple weeks here and there but not as much as like say someone like my brother who was really barely there in grade 12 but yeah. managed to do everything away from school <laughs> totally and that's like really being self-sufficient and like self-motivated to get through it all yeah like I do remember going away and I would get a stack of papers from our science teacher or English teacher or whatever and they would all be so helpful and prepared to know this is what we're going to be doing while you're away take it have it done by the time you get back and you'll be ready yeah but i i what i didn't have to be that self-directed other than those few trips here and there yeah that's true that's interesting and then so how old were you at the 2010 games were you i was in in grade 12 and so you had already picked up um ski cross yeah so i started ski cross uh in the beginning of 2011 or winter of 2011 okay. um, the Worcester mountain ski club kind of started the BC ski cross program. Yeah. And I was just lucky that a few of my friends and I had tried it at the um, ones on black home mm -hmm. that, you know how they have the fun races yeah. every so often. So we tried that the year before and we're like, Oh, what is this? This is so fun. And so then, new. Yeah. So new and crazy, but so fun and the the ski club then had started it for the next year and knew that we were interested so it was kind of just good timing that all of that came to be and i i just wasn't that interested in alpine skiing anymore i didn't really find it as fun as other people yeah and so it was just kind of serendipitous that it all came to be at Perfect the right timing. time and then that my parents were able to sacrifice to keep me in it it was in yeah. something that wasn't so proven like alpine skiing was pretty lucky. It is interesting being in a, a new sport and and have it go into the Olympics and then it's kind of like, no, it is a thing. <laughs> I swear. Yeah, so in 2010, 
I went to men's ski cross mm-hmm. to watch, which was really cool. Um, and I went and actually skied on the test event course the year before at Cyprus. Right. We were supposed to be forerunners, but I was not prepared for that. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I was like, I just started really. And that was like a pretty full on course. So I, I didn't quite make it, but okay. it was cool to be there and see what it was like in person. Yeah. Um, and then at the Olympics, we got, I think some, somehow one of my friends got tickets and it was like, take, took me. So I was lucky. And then it, were your um, eyes just I like glittering? Ashley, Ashley on the, kind of, yeah. Like in person, men's ski cross was wild. It was so awesome. Yeah. And then I watched Ashley on TV. Okay. And yeah. did that and like, like had Ash- yeah. Did that spark something in you watching Ashley do it? Because you would have, well, she's my age. And were, were, you, were you like, man, I could do that? Did I think I f- had Ashley not won, I don't know if I would have believed I could win. Like, because oh. so, someone like who you've seen growing up your whole life, right? Do something like that. that like I, I always grew up like wanting to go to the Olympics, but like until someone you know does something like that, you're like, oh, well, if Ashley can do it, maybe I could do it someday too. Right. It makes it attainable. And you're like, yeah. oh, okay. Like, yeah, we train together. I see her all the time. Why not me? Yeah, like she's my neighbor. Why not me? Exactly. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love it. It is. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just trying to figure it out. Like, cause we're, we're very competitive people and it's just like, if not just in us, but we do learn these values and you, it's, it's almost like each kid and each generation is like trying to one up the next one in Whistler to be better. And, uh, and I yeah, think it's so almost. cool. I think it's so I think it's cool. It's a community thing though. Everyone's always building each other up. Mm-hmm. Thankfully. I love it. I love it. I'm not going to say it's in the water. There's a lot of things happening in Whistler. But I mean, you can't, you can't hate our backyard. No. That's for sure. It comes down to opportunity and then making the most of it as well. Yeah. And so then I do want to touch on uh, your, your second Olympics. You, I remember seeing you in the gym and (laughs) being like, okay, you just had knee surgery and somehow you and your trainer are on the fast track. I didn't even know there was such thing as a fast track. I think you made up this fast track. I think we kind of did, honestly. (laughs) Because you tore your ACL and MCL in October 2017 and then went to compete October, November December, January, five months, under five months later at the Olympics. Yeah, less less than October. It was basically like three months until I was skiing. So it was pretty fast. But that was, I was very lucky that I'd set myself up so well to even give an opportunity for myself because our qualifying period began the year before yeah. where I had an amazing season. I won, I think seven world cups. Mm-hmm. So I was pretty much locked in and yeah. everything like it was a lot of work and I, I don't want to like make it seem like it was that easy. It was a lot of work and a lot of time, yeah. but, and a lot of people who were, who had my back more than anything, like yeah. 
had I not had a surgeon, I had Dr. Um, Peter McDonald in Winnipeg, he basically created an opportunity for me to even be able to recover. So I kind of had an innovative surgery and then my physios, doctors, um, coaches, and then like my family and friends supporting me, everyone kind of not pushed me along because it was my choice, but enabled me to keep going. They backed you up. And yeah. I was just at the gym like, damn girl. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was a lot of work. It was pretty full on. But when, when I crashed, I know I was like, I was crying and sad. And my physio comes up to me. He's like, Are you okay? Like, where does it hurt? And I was like, I'm just sad. <laughs> <laughs> I just need a moment. Because like, because like I, I knew it wasn't good, obviously. Yeah. Like, it's, it, when you, you can feel it all not together anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and basically from then, when I, once I knew I could actually have an opportunity to make the Olympics, I thought I might as well go for it. And if I don't make it, I at least tried. Yeah, no, I hear you. It's so, it's, I think that's something that's really cool about the Canadian athlete community too, especially at our gym and Whistler's like, I remember watching you work out or anyone else that's there, like able-bodied or not able-bodied. And I'm just like, they are working out really hard. I need to work out really hard. And it, you kind of thrive off each other. And I, I, it's, a, it's such a funny little place there. I remember recovering from, from my concussion and being like, I don't think I'm ever going to be able to do anything <laughs> again. And then yeah, I just – time. I just thrived off of like all you guys and being like, okay, like I will get there again. And I think that's just the mentality that, that Whistler kids have, you know, you're, you fall and you get back up again and, and you were lucky enough to have that team and community behind us. Yeah. The, the community I think is a big part of it because like as athletes, that's all we have. Even if we're in an individual sport, mm -hmm. we have all these other people who've had similar experiences and you can draw from that. So mm -hmm. I think it, it helps in every way, really. Totally. Like and mental, mentally and physically. Uh-huh. A hundred percent. And, and not just like our, our sports community, but even just the, the businesses that are here that are always have your back. I mean, you, we have some of the best physios, the best masseuses, like that you can think of the best trainers in this town. And, and we're so fortunate to have that. That's what all, part of, I consider our community as well. Yeah. I, I don't take that for granted. I know how good everybody is <laughs> and I really appreciate it when I'm, when I'm, I've fallen apart and need to be put back together by those guys. It's so true. So what's on the books for you now? Uh, I know we're, we're, uh, September now it's you've been off snow for a while what what can we look forward to seeing from you I at this point we're gonna be I fall if all things go to plan we're gonna mm -hmm. be going to Sasfe for a training camp in the beginning of October That's and then cool. from there I think I'm probably gonna stay in Europe just because with the two-week quarantine it makes it challenging to come home and yeah. I'm just going to be going back to Europe anyways. So it seems yeah. kind of silly. Um, and then other than that, at this point, we look like we have a n relatively normal World Cup schedule. So cool. hopefully everything kind of stays together and we can figure out the 
this new landscape. New normal. normal. Yeah, that's for sure. So you're going to be a European Chiquita for a while. I have, I have one looks that way. One question for you. So I know on the world cup circuit, our listeners might not know. Usually there's this a buffet. And when it's in Europe, there's always pastries that are there. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. I, whenever I was at a World Cup, I would be like, you are not allowed to have those pastries until after you're done competing. Do you have any weird (laughs) rules like I did? (laughs) I, not really. Like I, I find that in a lot of the hotels, you kind of eat what you're given. Yeah. (laughs) So like, it's not necessarily always a buffet. So I, I've never really been a very picky eater, but I might not necessarily have dessert every day. And I try to not drink the, the pop that's sitting on the table just because it's there, even as much as I would love some sugar. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, you know, just try to keep it mostly healthy when we're away. You know, sometimes easier said than done. When there's yes, chocolate exactly. croissants right there. All right. Yeah, so what I for sure they're always there. Yeah. I, I would treat myself with those, I'd say. Yeah. But I would like legit. You have like one and then you're like, hmm, maybe I'll just have another and tomorrow. So small too. <laughs> you know, they trick you. They totally yeah. trick you. So funny. Okay. So one thing that I do on this podcast is I do a little wrap-up of what we what I think I got out of our quick conversation. And obviously this series is about what makes Whistler Kids so epic and successful, talking about um, being an athlete and in Whistler. Obviously, we have amazing opportunities, this huge community behind us. Um, And one thing that's very cool for the athletes is that there's the teachers here and everyone else in the community, the teachers, the physios, um, our parents, they understand what we're trying to pursue. And I think if our parents didn't back us in what we did, then uh, I don't think we'd have it as easy of a way um, to becoming as successful as as we have been, especially yourself. Um, And there's nothing better, and I know you can attest to this, than having your parents at the bottom of the Olympics just like so happy for you. (laughs) True? Yeah, my my parents – yeah, that was my my mom is not necessarily the most emotional person outwardly. Um, and at the Olympics, that's what she said. She's like, you finished and the tears just leapt from my eyes. It was like it was crazy. Um, but yeah, like trying to find them through the big corral and stuff. It's pretty special. I think that one of the most special moments, though, like at, in Sochi anyways, was um when I was receiving my medal and watching the Canadian flags go up and everything and singing O Canada, um, my parents were like right in the front row, my parents and then my uncle and then our whole, like our support staff and teammates were all like right there. So we could see them from the podium. That's the best. Like singing O Canada with other people is like wild. So nice. Awesome. And if you've ever seen the picture, I'm just like, Try and sing and cry at the I same know, it's time. the best. It's the best photo ever. I'll try and get that from you. <laughs> I'll find it. Um, anything else that you think growing up in Whistler helped you succeed to where you are and where you're going in life? I think it just comes back to that community and everyone being so supportive my entire life, like athletically and academically as well. But 
everyone just always giving me so much opportunity and obviously I had to do the work, but I, if to not be given that opportunity, I wouldn't be where I am today yeah. at all. Yeah. And uh, to our listeners, if you haven't seen Marielle work, she works out real hard in the gym and you can see those on her Instagram. Where can everyone find you? What's your handle? On Instagram, I am Big Air Mare, M-A-R, not M-A-R-E like a horse. <laughs> um, <laughs> nice. That's why it's not. That's why it's not like that. And then on Facebook, it's just Marielle Thompson. Awesome. And Twitter's the same, Big Air Mare. Well, Marielle, thank you so much for dropping in today. I think our listeners learned a little bit more about Whistler and you. Thank you. Drop in next Thursday as we chat with our next Whistler kit. Want to check out some old school Whistler photos? Head over to Instagram on at Dropping In with Mercedes. Thank you, DJ Kenosis, for the music and my mom for the intro voice. Do, did, will. The Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. I'm Andrea Askowitz. And I'm Allison Langer. And we are the hosts of Writing Class Radio, a podcast, but we are so much more. We have writing classes. So if you are looking for live online classes where you can join a community, write to a prompt, get feedback, and get better, check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com. And listen to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and at writingclassradio.com.